Hello, everybody, and welcome to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and every week during the academic year, I sit down with members of the Monmouth College community to talk to them about their interests, what they do, and things they've done. In this 15th edition of Monmouth College Conversations for the 2022-2023 school year and the first of the 2023 calendar year, we check in with the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics, Monmouth Sports Information Director, Nathan Beliva. Both Monmouth College basketball teams are fighting for one of the top four spots in the Midwest Conference, and the Fighting Scots indoor track and field and swim and diving teams have busy weekends coming up. Nathan will tell us about all three sports and look a little ahead to the spring. After all, we're barely 60 days away from the spring equinox. In a little more than six weeks, the Midwest Conference will crown a men's and women's basketball champion, and both Monmouth teams figure to have a place in the conference tournament, which features the top four teams of the regular season. The Fighting Scots have a big conference doubleheader this Saturday, January 14th at Glenny Gymnasium. Monmouth plays Ripon College, whose men's and women's teams both finished in first place in last year's regular season of the Midwest Conference. The Monmouth men picked up a big conference win on the road on Wednesday, January 11th. That's when they came from 24 points down in the second half at Grinnell College to beat the host Pioneers 85-74. The Scots women dropped the doubleheader's opening game 87-73. Monmouth College Sports Information Director Nathan Beliva, he's the person who oversees the college's athletics website, MonmouthScots.com, your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related says that the men's win at Grinnell could prove to be a big one for the Scots for a number of reasons. Yeah, what a what a crazy game that was on, on Wednesday night. And, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen when you're playing against the Grinnell system. For those that don't follow, you know, they, they shoot a lot of threes. They had a game earlier this year where they uh, only shot three-pointers for the entire game, like over 100 of them, and, and made ESPN. Um, they sub four or five players out in just about every single dead ball. Um, it, it's it's crazy to stat, and it's crazy to watch and to broadcast and all that stuff, and I'm sure it, it's it's kind of hectic to get ready for. And, and uh, Coach Scripps has done a great job from, from over the years. You look at the results and, um, you know, being able to, to – combat the system uh one year will carry has had 62 against that system a school record here and there's other years where we've played with them and and tried to tried to win 125 120 or whatever it might be uh and, and this year it went the other way you know and it, it ended up being the the lowest point tally of the year for grinnell it was their lowest tally against us uh in a game that monmouth won since 1999 um and you know, it didn't look that way early. You know, they, they had a, a double-digit lead throughout almost the entire first half. They hit uh, eight threes in the first half. And, um, you know, they were up 59-35 with 16-30 to play. You look at that score and you're like, you know, n- no chance, right? You know, and fortunately the guys, um, you know, believed that they could win and they, they believed in, in what w- what was uh, the game plan was and, and what coaches were, were preaching to them. And then 
Grinnell made two of 22 from three-point range the rest of the way. So obviously that helped and and kept chipping away, got some layups from different players, Jordan Metcalf, Kendall Brasfield, Jordan Hill, uh, got a couple of big threes from Kyle Taylor uh, in there as well, and, and uh, another freshman, Jason Huber. Uh, David Williams made a ton of free throws down the stretch and uh, you know ended up taking a lead. Grinnell grabbed the lead back, and then from – you know, 74-73, Mama scored the last, uh, you know, 12 points of the game. And a lot of that at the free throw line, uh, which has been a trouble spot, and uh, able to knock them down. So, you know, a big win there. Uh, gets to 5-1, and one, stays in sole possession in second place in the Midwest Conference. Big comeback win. Uh, Jordan Metcalf, 27 points and 14 rebounds. And Kendall Brassfield, like I mentioned, Jordan Hill, Kyle Taylor, uh, David Williams all had, had nice scoring nights as well. So, overall, team effort there to get that win and, and kind of keep a, a nice little conference now win streak going. You mentioned that it keeps them in second place. Obviously, a win's the most important thing of any game. Staying near the top of the conference rankings is uh, or standings is also important, but is there an intangible benefit to a win like this? Does this have the chance to uh, give you a certain kind of momentum or certain kind of confidence for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think so. When you look at you know when you look at sports in 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 any level and how that works, in you know if you're losing big and and you stick together as a team, you know you don't fall apart, you don't finger point, you don't blame, um, you don't drop your shoulders and and, uh, and and pout and have bad body language, right? So I think that's a big part of it is that they, uh, you know, they had to have learned something about themselves, I think, in, in that 24-hour span, um, you know, of, of shoot around to being down 24 points to winning um, to then getting on the bus to riding all the way back to Monmouth and uh, a very late arrival. And then you got to go to class and hopefully people around campus, um, you know, knew what had happened and were, were patting them on the back and high-fiving them and uh you know all that all that kind of stuff and it's it's weird from uh probably from an outsider's perspective to look at you know Grinnell you play against a system like that right whether what and and we've seen them at at different different sports and in different levels throughout years whether it be in professional football or uh you know college football with the with the air raid when it came around or the first time we saw the spread and people were doing different things and you play against that and it's like okay well yeah we lost to them but nobody else is going to play us that way you know you go play navy in football and you get run all over for you know 100 plays and however many you're like okay yeah we, we can't defend the triple option but the other nine teams we're going to play this year aren't going to play that way we'll be fine and I think there's kind of an approach of that is okay you know we we lost to Grinnell but nobody else is going to score 115 points against us so when you win and you hold them to 74 um, and, and you, you do a good job taking away what they're good at in the second half I think you've got to be able to build off of that and get a nice boost now is there another team out there that's going to shoot 43-pointers against us in a game this season? No, there's not. But there are very good three-point shooters and three-point shooting teams in this conference uh, that we're going to play down the stretch and have to be able to beat. And I think you can take some confidence away from that, knowing that you did it against a team who's trying to get those shots. The women did not come out on the winning side, but they played well on the road on a weeknight conference game and they're not dealing with 100% roster so there has to be some positives they took away from the game at Grinnell. 
Yeah, a couple. You know, there's been a couple key injuries there. Uh, Jaden Mitchell, who's a ball handler and a shooter, is has been out. Uh, you know, for now for a while, and they've they've made the adjustments to get other people in there and have got some freshmen that are that are playing well uh lily harlan and zoe wall uh, are playing just tremendous basketball right now zoe wall was last week's performer of the week which actually was a, a two and a half week span there over over uh, you know the christmas and new year's break lily harlan with back-to-back 25 point games um you know so so players are playing well the 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 thing with with the women's basketball team is it's been one bad quarter right you know it, it beloit didn't come out to start at all we're down big had to dig out of that hole the whole way finally did but then didn't have the the last push um you know Wednesday night it was kind of a combination of the first five minutes of the game and the last five minutes of the game if you put that together in a quarter where it started down 15 to 5 but it was 17 10 at the end of the first you know very very manageable right there had a great second quarter, took the lead at half, maintained the lead through the third, still had a lead with right around five minutes to play, and then Grinnell took off. They've got a very good player. Um, she ended up, I think, with 33, 34 points, hit a ton of free throws down the stretch when obviously we were fouling to to try to get the ball back, but ended up with a, a plus 19 quarter for Grinnell in that game. And, uh, you know, that's just the difference. Same thing happened against Augustana, um, you know, where it was one, it wasn't the fourth quarter of that game, but it was, it was one bad quarter where if you look at the, the quarter scorings, and you can kind of circle, you know, one per game um, in in that. But yeah, there's there's been some very good individual performances, a couple very good team wins last week at home against Lawrence in overtime, um, and, and against uh, Beloit as well. Um, obviously, have a challenge with the defending champions coming into town this weekend, but still right there in the thick of things as far as the conference race goes. Now let's talk about this weekend. Of course, every conference game is a big game because it affects your place in the standings, but you've got the Red Hawks of Ripon coming in for a doubleheader on Saturday at Glenning Gymnasium. Yeah, and you know, last year Ripon hosted both the men and women's uh, conference tournaments. Very good teams. Uh, you know, the the men have lost twice in conference play this year, so they're right behind us. Uh, Illinois College is six and zero, and and we're five and one with our loss being to Illinois College on the road. And then Lake Forest and Ripon have two losses. Lake Forest has played one more game, so they're four and two, while Ripon is three and two. But they're right there, and then. It, drops down to a pair of three lost teams so you know you're really looking at six teams battling for four spots right now as we're almost halfway through uh you know conference play uh there are a couple teams we Rippin's one of the teams we haven't played we're done with Beloit um we haven't played uh Cornell haven't played Rippin um we we've played everybody and we haven't played the team down the road yet either who is 0-5 on the men's side uh in conference play so everybody else you know we we've seen once and and you look at the women's conference stand and again, ripping the defending champions. They knocked us out the championship game last year. Um, they're in second. Um, you know, they're, they're them and Cornell are five and one. Team down the road's five and zero oh at the top of the standings, and then we're right there, um, three and three, currently sitting in fourth place. Cornell, who just beat us, is three and four. At the moment, would have the tiebreaker over us. They do still have to come here in, in February, and then, um, you know, then it drops off to some teams with five losses. So, um, really, got to defend home court. That's been a big thing, and, and so far, uh, that's been done. You know, we we saw Lake Forest. Um, we we also saw um, Beloit and Lawrence come in here, and in both the men and women got sweeps in all three of those. And uh, you're gonna, it's going to be a challenge to get that, keep that streak going, and get a sweep on Saturday. The very talented team. 
um, you know, on, on both sides of the court. So should be should be two strong games. It's probably going to come down to to a couple plays here or there, making your free throws, um, and and then not turning the ball over in key situations. And that's been something where um, you know the 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 teams have gotten better at doing that and and knocking down some big shots and that senior leadership and 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 on the women's side it's been Zoe Wall and Teray Warner and Lily Harlan knocking down those big shots and on the men's side it's really been a different person almost every night there's been Kendall Brasfield games where he's driving to the basket and scoring 20 plus points there's been days where David Williams is hitting four or five threes Kyle Taylor's hitting four or five threes and then obviously there's days where you throw the ball inside and let Jordan Metcalf go to work and get a double double so um, you know, different different people have stepped up on both sides, and I think that's something the coaches have got to like. You're listening to Monmouth College Conversations. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Office of Communications and Marketing. I'm talking to the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics, Monmouth College Sports Information Director Nathan Beliva. Before we get back to my conversation with Nathan, a reminder that Monmouth College will celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day on Monday, January 16th. Classes will be held in the morning, but they will be dismissed in the afternoon so that students can participate in service projects around the community. The keynote address will be given at noon. That will take place in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium, and you do not want to miss this year's keynote speaker. It will be spoken word artist Harold Green. He will give a presentation titled Views from the Mountaintop. Harold Green also spoke at the college's King Day Convocation in 2020. That was the last time the event was held in person, and he delivered a very popular presentation. You can read more about the college's plans to celebrate Martin Luther King Jr. Day in the News and Events section of the Monmouth College website, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. Now let's get back to my conversation with Monmouth Sports Information Director Nathan Beliva. And while you're listening to Nathan, be sure to subscribe, if you don't already, to Scott Scoop. That's a weekly e-newsletter about Fighting Scots Athletics. You can sign up to receive it for free, and that address is monmouthscots.com. Of course, that's your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. The upcoming weekend is also a big one for Mama's indoor track and field team, as well as the swim and dive team. And it will also be an historic weekend because it will mark Scott's alumnus Brian Woodard's first meet as head coach of Mama's track and field program. Yeah, it's a big weekend uh, for the for track to get their season underway. It's uh, Coach Woodard's first meet as the uh, the head coach. Um, a couple of, of schools coming in here to uh, compete in what will be the first of two home meets. Um, you know, during the season, a Friday night meet too. So a um, little bit of a different routine. There's a handful of those during the indoor season, um, and and this is the first indoor meet for quite a few freshmen. You know, it's a it's a large roster on both the men's and women's. Um, there's there's a, a good amount. Of of, of newcomers, uh, but there's also some very talented returning uh, athletes. Uh, Reed Wilson went to nationals last year, and indoor he's back in pole vault. We had a handful of, of conference champions uh, on both the men's and women's side uh, that are returning as well. Some relays that were were very competitive. Uh, we've got a couple of fifth years that are back on on uh, on both sides of, of the the roster as well, um, and then we've got some people that were uh, second or third in conference that have a chance now to move 
move up and, and grab that that first place finish as well once we get down to, to indoor season um, you know conference meet coming up which will be um, in in Jacksonville at Illinois College uh, at the end of February and then they'll transition right into outdoors so looking forward to uh, to watching that meet we'll have it streamed uh, hopefully we're looking at doing two different cameras with that one down on the the field house floor for the field events and one up high at the finish line for for the track and then also on Friday night at the same time we have a, a double dual swim meet uh, Quincy University Division Two is here, and and then Knox is here as well, um, which will be the second time they've come over this year for for a swim meet. So uh, we'll compete against both of, of those teams. It'll be the first time in the pool for uh, both swimming teams since their uh, midseason uh, invite that they went to down in St. Louis at the beginning of December. So it's been a little bit over a month, but now it's it's kind of a, a sprint to the to the finish for swimming. They're going to compete here against both those teams on Friday. They're going to go to Augustana on Saturday. Um, got to meet at Grinnell next weekend, which is a multiple day, uh, multiple team meet. And then at home for Senior Day against Knox on the 28th of January. And then it's a two-week prep for uh, for the conference championships, which are, which are back over at Grinnell, uh, as they always are. So uh, kind of into that you know, one month sprint to the finish for, for swimming and, and to get to that. And it starts on Friday here at home. We'll have that streamed as well, uh, up with, with video from, uh, from the top of the bleachers and, and, uh, let everybody see what's going on on, uh, on that meet on Friday. And then we got the basketball Saturday. So busy weekend, uh, back and forth for our crew. And we're looking forward to it. If you walk through the Huff Athletic Center, uh, this time of year, uh, you every once in a while hear the ping of the bat, uh, so that must mean that baseball and softball seasons are not far off. Yeah, it it, it almost seems like that's year round now. The way that that some of the the athletes are conditioned and the way they work, obviously they can go outside for a lot of the month and and hit in the cages there. But um, yeah, you know they're they're right around the corner. The way the schedule works for spring sports. Uh, men's lacrosse starts first. Their practice uh, date is uh, is next week, the the 16th or 17th. Right in there is when they start. Women's lacrosse is the week after, and then that last Sunday in January is the start official start date uh, for softball and, and baseball practices. Um, it, Coach Van Alstein of men's lacrosse was in here yesterday, and we were we were chit chatting about their schedule. And uh, you know they're home on February 18th, so that's you know a month and a week away right now, less than less than um to to get for their home opener and and we're hoping we have weather like we've had this week uh where it's uh you know up into the to the 40s and even and even touching 50 and not snowing and and not like it was for the home opener last year when it was about uh, 18 degrees and a wind chill that was closer to zero um because they'll have a couple home games in february women's lacrosse uh, returns as well and they've got a home game in there in february um before Softball and baseball go on their um, their trips. Men's tennis is also about to start practice as well, so they'll get things rolling for their their spring schedule. And um, you know we're not home for baseball and softball until after spring break, but you definitely hear them through the huff. the The baseball rosters pushing at fifty players. Uh, obviously, there's a, a mix there of, of pitchers that you can you can see them down there throwing too, and and then um, and hitters and, and softball is the same way. So they they divvy up the time. 
for the cages and, and uh, figure all that out and between the weight room and, and being down there and doing their individual work. It's a, it's a very busy field house at this time of the year when you've got you know track that's in season, basketball that's in season, and then you've got all those spring sports getting ready to start finishing up their individual workouts or people just trying to get uh, you know get into shape before the, the team practices start and there'll be people in there at you know, 6 a.m. for practices, it, and then, you know, all from 4 p.m. on through for practices as well when the weather outside doesn't cooperate. And we all know what that's like in Illinois in late January, early February as far as cooperation for baseball, softball, lacrosse, and tennis to get outside and do some real practicing. That's Nathan Beliva. He's the voice of Fighting Scots Athletics as Monmouth College's Sports Information Director. Be sure to keep your internet browser dialed up to the college's athletics website, which of course is MonmouthScots.com. That's your official home on the World Wide Web for all things Fighting Scots related. And while you're there, be sure to sign up to receive Scott's Scoop. That's a weekly e-newsletter about Monmouth College athletics that's produced by Nathan Beliva. And that's a wrap on this 15th episode of Monmouth College Conversations. You can tell us what you think or add to the conversation by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put conversation in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day.